Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Sanger Smith, who is the managing partner of Clear Fork Wealth Management. You can learn more about Sanger Smith and his company at their website, clearforkwealth.com. Sanger, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Jen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were talking a little bit about this offline. Um, you are the owner of Clear Fork Wealth Management. However, you're not the founder because this company goes beyond you or it, it's come before you. Can you tell us a little bit about what the company is and, and, and how you chose to uh, become the owner of it? Yeah, sure. So the, the Clear Fork Wealth Management was founded 31 years ago as a mm-hmm. private practice of what is now Ameriprise Financial, which is one of the largest financial planning firms in the country. And I had the opportunity to work inside of Clear Fork um, starting at a very young age uh, mm-hmm. through high school and college. Wow. And a couple of years ago when the founder decided to transition into a, a less stressful and more um, visionary role for himself and for the company, he, he, he decided to sell his shares to, to me and, and my business partners. And I'm very thankful for the opportunity. And of course, I, it, it allows me to do what I love to do every single day. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's really incredible that you were exposed to the industry at a very young age. You know, I think that some people typically get involved in um, this kind of in, in financial services, let's say right out of college because they couldn't find a job and they were recruiting sure. and stuff. But it's really cool to sure. hear that you were exposed uh, at a pretty young age. Yeah, a lot of people end up going the financial advisor route. Um, there are a lot of companies out there that, that are looking for salespeople and they hire in bulk, you know? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I have a lot of friends, certainly, that that went that route and realized that they didn't have a passion for it. I was lucky enough to find my passion for this industry uh, when I was around high school. So mm-hmm. I had been exposed to Clear Fork, but I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what my purpose was. Right. But an old hunting rifle uh, helped me figure out what that was. So. My granddad was, we're from Texas, right, mm-hmm. Jen? So my, my granddad was like every other dude born in small town Texas in the mm-hmm. 40s. Mm-hmm. He wore a pearl snap shirts, had a big brushy mustache. He loved riding horses. He loved smoking cigarettes like a chimney and he loved hunting, right? Mm-hmm. So I love hunting too, but I never got to go out on a hunting trip with mm-hmm. him because he spent the last several years of his life in and out of the hospital. And so Aji, that's what I call them. Aji and I, we, we didn't get to, to, to share our one true real common interest. Well, ultimately he passed away in April, many years back, mm, seven okay. months later, it's deer season in Texas. And I'm walking through a field out in Heiko, uh, which my North Texas uh, friends will know very well, uh, home of the coffee cup, home of fantastic deer, uh, home that's the beginning of the hill country, beautiful town. It's where a lot of his family was from, and it mm-hmm. has a special place in my heart. So I'm walking through this field, right, early in the morning. It's dark outside, trying to keep very, very quiet, really cold. I can see my breath. That's about the only thing I can see. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I start to smell something burning. 
look over to my left. It's too dark to see any flames, even if there were any. Mm -hmm. I look out ahead where I was walking. Obviously, there's no smoke. I look over my right shoulder. Big, deep breath. And I realize that what I had thought was a fire that early morning was his old cigarette smoke still clinging to the leather strap of that rifle. Wow. So, of course, I realized, Jen, I'm not going to sneak up on a 12-point buck smelling like Marlboro Smooths. So I pack everything up in my truck, and I go to the Heiko Cemetery where my grandfather, Aji's buried next to the rest of that side of the family. Mm-hmm. Right, The whole ride over there, I'm listening to Willie Nelson songs, having loving memories of my granddad. I get there. I get out of the truck. I walk over to where he's buried. Now, this is seven months after his funeral. Mm-hmm. And all that I saw is a smooth pile of dirt. There wasn't, there wasn't a headstone. Oh, wow. And in that moment, I realized that my granddad didn't have enough money to pay for his headstone. Mm. Later, after an angry call to my mom, I learned that he didn't have enough money to pay for his own funeral. Wow. Now, I, I am so grateful that I get to carry around that old Remington hunting rifle with me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thankful for the legacy that it, that it left. But that began the process where I realized for myself that what I wanted to do was dedicate my life to making sure that people that I care about can leave legacies that are more meaningful, more impactful, more long lasting than only material goods. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Thank you for uh, sharing that story. Um, what What do you feel like were, were your initial, what was your initial reaction when you saw his site and there was no, you know, gravestone? I mean, I imagine that could, that, that speaks a lot, I think. And, and clearly the fact that you are um, sharing this very vividly, um, it definitely was very impactful for you. Yeah. My, my first thought, you know, it's been a long time, mm-hmm. but what I, what I remember thinking and what I still believe is that he deserved more than that. Yeah. He deserved more than that. And, and I wanted other people to be able to remember him by more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, we're all going to leave this earth. Right. And at the end of the day, we can't take anything with us. Mm-hmm. And at best, we're going to have a headstone, right? <laughs> like at best, Hopefully. We're going to have <laughs> right. a headstone. Um, but what, I, what, what became clearer and clearer to me, and, and certainly because of the work that I was doing and have been able to do since then, is that there's so much more that we can do to leave a legacy with the money that we have. Mm-hmm. There's so much more that we can do. You know, family heirlooms are amazing and wonderful. I love that rifle, right? It's my most cherished possession. Right. But there's so much more that we can do. And what what I realized, my, you know, what stuck with me is that as much as I love him, as much as I respect him, as does our whole family, mm-hmm. it, it, it was hard to not be sad. It was right. hard to not be sad that there wasn't more. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's very deep, Sanger. And I appreciate you opening up our conversation uh, with that story of your grandfather. Let's fast forward to today, because again, I know that was very impactful for you. And let's talk about how has that lesson, that story um, translated into what you do today at Clear Fork Wealth Management? Sure. So that story, I, my clients, if they're listening to this, are going to know that they've heard that story. 
right? Mm-hmm. It guides me so much that I, I am compelled to share that mm-hmm. with people because that, that's why I believe fundamentally is that I've, my role when someone hires me, and same thing for all the other advisors that work on our team, when they hire us, when a client hires us, they are hiring an advisory team for life. That's mm-hmm. certainly our hope, right? Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> right. That's right. certainly our hope is that we'll we'll be here when you're gone. Mm-hmm. And we've got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of work to do to build a legacy that you can be proud of, a legacy that is meaningful and reflects, most importantly, the values that are important to the client. So well, I don't mean a legacy that is a, a big bank account. That's mm-hmm. not it. Right. That, Mm -hmm. that wouldn't have, of course, if my grandfather had that, it would have been a little bit different. Maybe we would have had a headstone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it would have been a big headstone, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have, that alone doesn't communicate who he was as a person. Mm-hmm. And so there are so many ways for, for a client to, and it looks different for every person, depending on what they care about, to transfer the values that are important to them today through their money to other people once they're no longer here. And mm-hmm. so that's something that from the very first time I meet someone and we start to work together is uh, begins the process of, of us at Clearfork understanding what's truly deeply important to them, why it's important to them so that we can help them navigate the money world to communicate those values, number one, while they're living, but secondly, when they're gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like how you, I, I think that, I like your values and I like that to you, it's more than just money. Cause I think everyone wants to win the lottery, right? But sure. if you do, and once you, you know, whether it's an inheritance or yeah, if you win the lottery, you have all this money, it's like, well, what do you do with it? And if you don't uh-huh. have a clear goal or objective in having that money, it, you can easily lose it. And so um, it sounds to me that in a way it's like before you even get into the money, you really get down, down and dirty in terms of understanding your clientele. Tell me what that process looks like before you even get into the financial part. Sure, absolutely. So number one, every good financial advisor who's listening to this or every good advisor out there is, is going to try to understand their clients, right? Because our, we know as advisors that our clients are so much more than their net worth. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's the very tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Every financial advisor, even if they're not doing that, is, is focusing on money management is focusing on how do we get the highest return for the least amount of risk? How do we eliminate inefficient taxes and expenses? All of those types of things. The mm-hmm. really good advisors are going to understand what's important to, to the client. And, and I'm thankful that we've, we've figured out how to do that mm-hmm. uh, in a really interesting way. So when, when I meet with a client, now this is not necessarily the very first meeting. Hi, what's your name? What's, what's deeply important to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, but once they've decided to work with me and my team is we will go through an exercise that whether I'll either have an individual client or a, a couple mm-hmm. and we go through, it's, it's a very simple, simple exercise, but there's a deep art in, in going through it. Mm-hmm. And we've got these cards that a company called Think to Perform provides, um, Doug Linick and Chuck, Chuck Wackendorfer. They're great guys in the industry as far as focusing on behavioral finance. And mm-hmm. what we've learned from them is that we can use that tool to extract from a client what's really, truly important to them mm-hmm. because everybody wants more money, 
Right. Everybody. Right. I, I very rarely have someone that I meet and they say, you know what? I just, uh, <laughs> I got too much money. How can you help me get rid of some of this? Right, right, and right. No matter how much they have, they, yeah, that's one thing. I'd like better returns. Uh, I'd mm-hmm. like to save money, et cetera, et cetera. So once we get those top five, what we found is that the top five core values, mm-hmm. and you may, Jen, you may think, you know, hey, I, I know what mine are. Maybe you've, you've identified yours for yourself already, mm-hmm. but we find those top five because those top five are going to most accurately reflect where you are at this stage of your life, mm-hmm. where you are now. Mm-hmm. And so what I tell people is that we all as humans, we've all got an ideal version of who we are. Mm-hmm. an ideal version of who we are, right? And you're probably thinking of that, that image of yourself right now. You're thinking of what do I, what is the ideal version of me eating? What, how much sleep am I getting? Do I exercise? If so, how much? Right, or what's right, my right. job like? Do I love it? How fulfilling mm-hmm. is it? How much money do I make? What do I spend my money on? All mm-hmm. of those things. The, the tricky part is that that ideal version of ourselves is a little bit different than what we're doing right now. Right? We're not always living up Very true. to the ideal version of who we want to be. Well, mm-hmm. my job is to help someone get to where they want to be financially. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't even hope to do that if I don't know what's motivating that ideal version of, themse- of them. Mm-hmm. And so the, the values are the very, very first component of that, mm-hmm. right? Somebody who is really motivated by faith, family, and stability is going to look a lot different than someone who's motivated by adventure challenges and autonomy, for mm-hmm. example, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so the, I can't provide the same solution to both of those people. Right. I can't, I can't possibly. Um, they're not going to like it. They're not going to get on board and it might not even get them where they're wanting to go. Mm-hmm. So, so that, I, I hope I'm answering your question, Jen. Is, yeah, is absolutely. The very first part is understanding that and then building on it. You, you did mention, uh, Sanger, that you help your clientele identify what their five core values or the top five core values. Why five? Is that, is that like a magic number uh, to work with your clientele? Kind of, kind of. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of reasons why, why five works. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what we found is that 10, if I, let's say you and I went through the exercise right now, mm-hmm. you could come up with, you come up with 10 and those 10 probably largely are going to be very similar um, 10 years ago or 10 years in the future. Mm. But your top five is, is a little bit more fluid. It's a little bit more reflective ah. of who you are right now, mm-hmm. right now, right? Um, the other reason is when people come to us, obviously what we are doing is, is establishing goals and figuring out a realistic action plan to get towards those goals and, and achieve those goals, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's not uncommon for advisors. Every good advisor should be working with you on your goals. Mm-hmm. So what, what we hardly ever see is someone come in with goals that conflict their values or contradict mm-hmm. their values. I hardly ever see that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I hardly ever see someone who says that stability and safety and security are really at the top of the mountain for them, but they're really looking forward to going on a year long sailboat trip across the world. Yeah. Okay. Mm, It's not something that ever happens. Right. Um, But what we do see are people that have goals that don't have values. I mean, or excuse me, values that don't have goals attached to them. Oh, interesting. They have values that don't have goals attached to them. 
Mm-hmm. And that becomes, some of them are very, very obvious that you, even if you haven't had a conversation with your financial advisor about values, you've probably heard some or said some yourself, freedom, security. Mm-hmm. You've heard those, even mm-hmm. if you weren't explicit about it. Mm-hmm. But so those are obvious. Some of the, the other values that are more tangentially related to money, maybe it's health, uh, maybe it's adventure, something like that, that, that isn't as obviously connected to your net worth, your bank account. Those are the ones that we want to still identify and work towards and figure out how can we fulfill this with the assets that you have? How can mm-hmm. we fulfill it with the assets that you have? Because if we don't, what's going to happen is that we will feel unfulfilled and worse, we won't even know why. Wow. That's that's crazy. I mean, I, I like that you do that. You know, it's like you said, you you really try to go deep into figuring out what is most important to your clientele. And it's a lot of times we find that it's more than just the basic stuff of financial stability. It's maybe to pursue a certain passion that they've been putting off for a while or, you know, what have you or travel the world. And so it's it's I think it's um really smart to incorporate that as part of understanding what their top five core values are. Um, because I mean, it's very clear for a lot of people. And I think at the time of this recording with the pandemic, a lot of people are beginning to reevaluate what they really want to do in life or what they really want to pursue or who they really want to be. And I feel like it sounds like your company has been focused specifically on that, like the deeper questions, like the deeper purposeful meanings to life that most people um, maybe don't have the time or maybe aren't given the tools to um, communicate that. Absolutely. You know, we, we really believe in it because we believe that decision-making is the foundation of success well, in, in anything that we do, right? Whether if it's mm-hmm. your money, if it's any other pursuit, decision-making, we believe fundamentally is the foundation of success. And so if our role then is to help people make great money decisions so they can meet their goals and live a better life, mm-hmm. well, if that's my job for someone. Mm-hmm. I have to understand what's important. I have mm-hmm. to. I have no hope of improving decision-making if I don't know what is motivating to you. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we believe in it so much that we require every new advisor that joins our team to, to get trained in this area and become a designated behavioral financial advisor before they ever even meet our clients. Mm-hmm. We won't even introduce someone to our client if they haven't gone through this training because that's that's at the core. We, we don't believe we can provide the full extent of our value as advisors and as an advisory team without doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes beyond that, Jen, too, is what I hope when I, when I have these types of conversations with the clients that I work with is, is number one, I obviously hope that with respect to their money and their finances that we can improve their mm-hmm. decision-making and their fulfillment uh, mm-hmm. in that area of their life. But I hope that they are inspired to take that and apply it in every other area of life as well. So what, what I share with them is that I, I do this for myself, right? Again, I didn't, I didn't come up with this. This is, this is something that I've learned through, through many mistakes and, mm-hmm. and, and talking with very wise folks who have figured this out is finding those values for me does not only help me financially, but I, if I remind myself daily mm-hmm. what's important, the likelihood that I can take actions that live up to those values throughout the day, and I'm going to make 
thousands of decisions today, tomorrow, and every other day. If I remind myself what's important, the likelihood that I'm going to live up to that through my actions is amplified times a thousand. So when, when I share that with people, I hope that they can go home and, and that it, it impacts their day-to-day life, their work mm-hmm. life, their family life, and, and not just their money. Not right. just their money. That's only one part of, of living a life with purpose and value. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, that reminds me of a quote. I don't know who said it, but it's a, it goes something along the lines of how you treat one thing is how you treat everything else in your life. And so with that said, um, I just love that you really get um, down to the weeds, you know, with, with your clientele. And again, going back to those five core values, because if you can really identify that and, um, um, implement it in terms of finances and other goals, then it can bleed into um, other areas of people's life. So um, Sanger, that was amazing. Thank you so much for really getting uh, into depth of what you do at Clear Fork Wealth Management. Uh, I do have an, I, I do want to wrap up in a minute here, but is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about you or Clear Fork Wealth Management? Sure. So here, here's what I would hope that everyone can take away from this as you listen. I, if you're working with a financial advisor and they don't do this or you don't feel like this works for you and your financial life, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you're a business owner or if you're not a business owner, you're a high achiever. You're someone that wants to do better. What, what, I, what I've found extreme, extremely helpful is to simply align my values, goals, and actions into one. Normally mm-hmm. what we see is, you know, if I can, I can get, like I said earlier, I, I very rarely see people whose goals completely conflict with their values. But a lot of times I see people who are taking actions that don't either line up with their values, don't line up with their goals, or don't line up with either one. And so step one is identifying that and being conscious of it. But to identify it is not good enough, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully for all of us, that we, if we have good businesses, we've identified core values as a business. If you haven't, please, please do that. Your employees will thank you so much. <laughs> they will be, <laughs> be very appreciative mm-hmm. of understanding what should be motivating them in their day-to-day actions. But we've we would know as business owners that doing that exercise once at a, at a yearly retreat and never touching it again isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. We've got to blast that, put it on the wall in the kitchen, mm-hmm. print it out, frame it, put it on everyone's desk, right? If you, if you do that exercise and you go up and ask an employee and they don't know what your values are, you wasted your time. You wasted your time. You might as well have not done it. So as business owners, we know that reminding our team and ourself in the capacity of the business of our values is vitally important. Why are we not doing that as people outside of our business? Mm, Why are we not doing that with our spouses? Why are we not doing that with our children? Why are we not doing that in in every other thing that we do? And so I know that someone's listening to this and they've in the past year or two, just like my friends have, realized, oh, identifying values for my company is invaluable. I should have done this 10 years ago. Okay, let's do it for ourselves. You may think mm-hmm. you know what they are, but get it right, get it down and and commit to living by it and it'll completely change change your life. 
Wow. That's a great way to end this conversation today, Sanger. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure having you and having you share your wisdom and inspiration, I think, and encouragement to uh, allow people to give themselves permission to live a life of purpose and intention. And if they don't know how to do that, uh, obviously they can reach out to you for for that. Sure thing. Thank you so much, Jen. Yes, awesome. And to our listeners again, this is Sanger Smith, the managing partner of Clear Fork Wealth Management. You can learn more about him and his company at clearforkwealth.com. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.